Hey everyone and welcome to Already Cancelled. I'm Peter, that is Connor, and we are working our way through Star Trek in its entirety, more or less. And we are on the movies, because normally we, you know, normally I'll say, oh, we're on Star Trek's, you know, the original series, season, whatever. This is not that. We are done with the show. We're on the movies. This is going to be the fourth movie. This is Star Trek for The Voyage Home. So. You sure about that? You sounded pretty unsure. I almost said to search for Spock because it's late <laughs> and, you know, I'm thinking of the different movies. It's a thing that's happening. Look, we're going to talk about Star Trek 4. Uh, we'll start spoiler-free. We'll give you a warning in the middle before we go into spoilers. And that's what we're going to do. So, yes. So, yeah, Star Trek 4, the one with the whales and the one with the time travel to come back in time and find some humpback whales so we can save the Earth. That's the plot of Star Trek 4. <laughs> Sounds really silly when you say it like that. It- does but i really like this one good because i really like this one too okay good i was i wasn't <laughs> sure if that was just me um in fact uh, our friend james who who uh, you at home won't know but connor knows uh he he tweeted at me i, I do I, I as i've been watching these these movies i've been you know tweeting out an image of the blu-ray and like yeah i'm watching this thing and james responded to that tweet with oh good the best movie ever made Completely serious, just completely dead serious. I thought you were gonna say, "Oh, good, the best Star Trek movie," and I was gonna say, "I might not disagree with you." <laughs> he's he's being a uh, hyperbolic, of course, but yes, yes, um, you know, you know, you say uh, our viewers at home won't know who he is. Well, they could go and join the Malfoys Facebook group and get to know the crazy bastard. I don't know if I advise that. <laughs> may not be the do so at your own peril. I but you know, seriously, the um, I also really like this movie, and I think it's full of delightful moments. I think it's got a really fun plot. It's a nice it's change funny. of pace from the last couple. It is very funny. There's some uh, <laughs> colorful metaphors, for example, <laughs> uh, throughout. The hell there is. <laughs> At one point, Spock, they're on the bridge of the ship, and Spock just, like, Kirk says, oh, you checking those numbers or something? He's like, I damn well am, Captain. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> it's so weird to just have Spock throw the word damn into a sentence like that. Just yeah, yeah. willy-nilly. Uh, cause they come you back... have to curse, because otherwise... No one's going to listen to you. Uh, yeah, part in the 80s, no one listens to you if you're not cursing left and right. Uh, but I believe that. It's present day for the time the movie was made, which is 1986. Uh, they go back to San Francisco, uh, 86, to find some whales. Because there's this big, uh, you know, ship, this big drone that's coming towards Earth. And it's sending out this signal, which is not only knocking out all electronic devices, but it also starts to vaporise the Earth's water. And of course, if all the water goes away, we're screwed, right? Bad things happen. <laughs> Death. <laughs> Death happens with no water. That's just how it works. <laughs> it usually is, yeah. And yeah, and of course, Earth crew are actually on a Klingon ship coming back from um, from Vulcan. Do you know, actually, one of the things I really like about this movie is that there's no quick, here's a new Enterprise, right? And sure, I don't think it's a spoiler to say that sure, at the end of the movie, they get a new Enterprise, right, for, for the next one. But that's just a little the epilogue thing the actual movie there's no we need to have an enterprise it's like no 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 we're just we have yeah. the klingon ship and that's all we've got what do they call it hms bounty yeah the bird of prey the, uh, the, the hms bounty yeah. and 
they basically are like, wait, we can try. We know how to do time travel. Because they established that in the show. This is one of the things we were impressed by early on in the show is they established how they could accomplish time travel. Because they do it by accident, almost. Uh, yeah. And, and, the and show. they were like, oh, we'll remember that. And they did. And they go back in time to 1986 because it's the, you know, before uh, whales, the humpback whales specifically went extinct in the 21st century. Um, now, the, the the movie does have a, maybe a little bit um, of a Save the Whales theme uh, throughout. There's, at one point, they go to the, the aquarium and there's a, like, you know, the, the tour guide, uh, Jillian, who becomes a main character, but she's giving a speech and there's, like, footage of whales being killed and, like, skinned and things, and it's like, all right, we, we get it. Gee, stop it. Yeah, but... It. I don't hate it. As far as messages go, it's a pretty good one. Oh yeah, it's a fine message. I don't have a problem with the message. Um, I think that particular scene though does get to the point where it's like, okay, we're starting to feel like a, a child's like. Yeah, yeah, but I know, think that's educational the only scene where it, where it is. Yeah, no, that's fair. No, it, it's just it's just that one. But it, it there is that that moment where it just feels like it's dipping over that line a little bit. Um, it's not a bad message yeah. to have though. I, I I can't fault the, the hey stop being dicks and hunting endangered species. Um, all all you dicks hunting tigers and elephants basically go jump off a bridge yeah colourful seems metaphor. like a pretty reasonable request right I, I had a very specific colour, colourful metaphor I wanted to use in that sense <laughs> but it goes over the line for YouTube's policies so yes it is not family friendly <laughs> Joe, <laughs> you know what's funny about this is that Star Trek Discovery has some f bombs in it, and I was thinking about that as I was watching this because in this particular movie, it's actually kind of weird how they're dropping words like uh, like dick, damn shit. Um, I think at one point, uh, what was it? Kirk shouts to the the, the driver. Uh, I don't remember. I was dumbass. He calls him a dumbass. He's like, oh, oh yeah, two dumbasses dumbass. to you. Yeah. Yeah, uh, to you. But he, just hearing them say that felt so weird because they have just these characters have never said these things. Yeah, in the show, and I just started thinking about Tilly and Star Trek Discovery dropping f bombs, <laughs> and I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah, but that still felt natural enough. Yeah, in the show it did. Yeah, and yeah. The, the way the other character reacted to it, and that it was like, oh, we don't usually say these things anymore, but but okay, maybe now is an appropriate time. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, colourful metaphors, and Spock's not very good at it. Uh, so, so we have we have that. Um, we have the the present day setting, which is which is a really nice thing. I mean, obviously they showed that a couple of times, but it's still a nice thing to do, just to sort of ground it and have have the fun fish out of water elements in in both ways, because you have the fun of them being fishes out of water at first, with and no puns intended, by the way. I know. I, I was Wh- whales I was aren't even to fish. See how long you address yeah. it. Whales aren't even fish, so it's not even like I'm making that much of a pun, right? <laughs> no, but it was it was there, just sitting, floating. But, but so so because you know, it's there, but I mean, there's there's the moment where he's pawning the uh, the the antique glasses. Yeah, um, glasses. Yeah, so he's got glasses. Yeah, and the the, the, the pawn guy's like, oh, "I'll give you a hundred dollars for it." And it's just this awkward pause, and Kurt goes, "Is that a lot?" <laughs> <laughs> and I'm laughing because it's not, not really. <laughs> no, but I like the way it plays to the to the pawn shop. I remember going, "Is that a lot for these glasses?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's just kind of like, eh. <laughs> "It's all right, it's all right." <laughs> it could be yeah. worse. Yeah, uh, but it's because he div- he divvies it up between like four teams of them because they all split into teams, and I'm like, "That's like twenty five dollars per pair. That's not a lot. <laughs> That's yeah, you, you get very far on that." Uh, but 
you know, so so there's that fun stuff. But then once Jillian starts to learn a bit why they're there, and she starts poking into what they're wanting with the whales, and she kind of learns various things. It's like now, then she becomes the fish out of water because she starts to be impressed by the actual, you know, the, the ship and the time travel and everything else. Uh, so you know, it's got a nice message. It's funny. Uh, it's fun. I, I think just that the plot is yeah. just it's just a fun plot. There's there's nothing more funny to me than Chekhov going around the streets of San Francisco going, uh, "Where are the nuclear vessels? We want the nuclear vessels." Can you help me? He goes up to a police officer. He's like, "Hey, just, I, I'm Russian. I know we're he, well. He doesn't know he's in the Cold War right now, but he's like, no, I, I know we've got the Iron Curtain. I, I know we're right in the middle of this. I mean, we're, we're not in the middle. It's towards the end, but you know. Just the idea of in the mid '80s, a Russian going around San Francisco, going, "Where's the Dukes, folks? Where's the nuclear vessels?" And I love how Uhura, who's with them, doesn't even un- like doesn't even question it either. She doesn't know why this is a big deal. She's just like, "Can someone help us find nuclear vessels, please?" <laughs> that was killing me. Like genuinely, like this movie is hilarious in 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 the right way. Yeah. Um. So no, uh, super fun. Um. It does deal with a lot of things that happen. You know, it has this 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 case, this hearing about Kirk at the start and the end about everything that's happened in two and three. Which is why, you know, when I was talking last movie, I said how 2, 3, and 4 feel like a trilogy because they all, they all kind of fall straight on from one another. And it feels yeah. like all the events, because, you know, we're, at the start, it's a Klingon and being like, no, he killed Klingons. He killed our ship. He stole our ship. Uh, and he, he was making this Genesis weapon. I, I really like that scene. So did I. Which, I and I, I love Sarek coming in to defend him as well. Yeah, it's it's kind of not out of place with the rest of the film, but it's very separate to the rest of the film for the most part. But just... You know, seeing how okay, this is the Federation court system almost, and how that operates. I yeah. was really into it. No, I liked it as well. I, 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 I like the stubbornness of the Klingons not to just because because we didn't know that Christopher Lloyd's Klingon in three was a bit of a lone wolf who was going renegade with these with yeah. his plans. He wasn't like there under like Klingon because at one point he said something along those lines. Uh, they're doing this under their own free will, um, and the Klingons could just say, "Yeah, this guy was a rogue agent. We didn't, you know." sanction this you know so apologies but you know whatever but instead no they're fighting for like no give us kirk because he killed some Klingons. and sarik's like you know he did kill kirk's kid and he did kill other people he killed another starship you know the starfleet science ship got destroyed yes they did murder people you know consider that you Klingon bastard um sorry colorful metaphor is that it now consider that your colorful metaphor yeah yes exactly um so no uh it's funny i thought spot was going to get his old hat again to tidy his ears but instead he just rips off a bit of fabric it just has like he has like a headband it's like a tennis headband i was gonna say it's more like a karate head i was thinking karate kid the way he had it kind of tied it um especially since he does the uh i think i think it was just the the actual fabric of it which reminded sure. me more of a, like a, of a sweat band. I think that combined with the, the grip that he does on the punk on the bus, and then everyone cheers because he, he, they shut the punk up. <laughs> Do you know what? I'm with them. I like punk music, but I hate people who blast out music. Do, Do you know what I love about this? Is that things haven't changed. The, the only difference is now instead of a boombox, everyone can do it on their phone. <laughs> that's the only thing that's changed. Well, yeah, which means even more people are doing it. That's true, yes. Everyone bloody do it. Yes. Always, there's always one prick at the back of the bus blasting out some shite music. Uh, another fun element I really love is we get McCoy into a hospital, into a 20th century hospital, just for him I'm to complain horrified. about how medieval everything is to him. Because uh, he, he passes an old woman who's like, what was it? It was a kidney dialysis, kidney, I think. Kidney dialysis. Yeah. yeah. And he's like, dialysis? 
what is this? The Dark Ages here? Drink this. You'll be right as rain. Call me. Feather goes wrong. And it's as they're leaving the hospital, she's like, oh, that's the one that saved me. I feel thick as the doctors who are with her. Like, it, regrew me, it grew me a new kidney. <laughs> the doctors who are with her, like, I don't know how this happened. Something happened. She's fine. It's a miracle. Oh, man. I, I, I really love this movie. <laughs> Oh, it's cool. Uh, I mean, it's setting you up for failure because five is the worst one by far. But <laughs> oh, good. oh, good. <laughs> Something to come down. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I just, I'm, I'm avoiding talking about certain things for spoilers' sake until we get to spoilers. But um, I mean, if I if I was to critique it, if I was to critique it against the other films, I think out of the four, it has the least interesting score out of, out of them. Yeah. Yeah, it does. Um, I love the score in motion picture. I don't like two and threes as much, but it's very consistent across the two of them. Uh, James Horner's sort of darker this feels score. Feels a lot more generic. Yeah, this feels a little bit more generic by comparison. I would say that the start and the end, when the actual Star Trek theme kicks in, and that's where it kind of livens up a little bit. I wonder if it is because they're back in present day. They think, okay, let's rein it in and do a more of the time eh, score instead of all the the space themes and opera operatic things that we have throughout on the other ones. Yeah, maybe. I, I don't know. I think that's that's presumably it's the only thing I think of as the choice, hmm. and I understand that it's just more boring. Of course, the marine biologist uh, Jillian is a bit of a, a love interest because Kirk's not actually had much of a love interest in these movies so far. Kind of funnily enough, like that's something yeah, we did all the time weird. on the show, but we kind of have one here with uh, Jillian. Uh, notably, I was referring to her as the the child's play mother uh, throughout because that's that's the thing I know her from. She's she's the mum of Andy in child's play. Essentially, making her the protagonist. She's the protagonist of the first movie. Okay, I'm, I'm not seeing it. You're not seeing it. Yeah, well, that's her. I'll tell you word for it though. Um, but yeah, so so we get get a bit of the romance stuff there. Uh, very little questioning actually. Uh, they don't seem very concerned with causing ripple effects of changing things in the past. There's a few examples. One with Jillian is a big one, uh, mm. but there's also some other stuff with Scotty and McCoy because uh, they need to get like plexiglass they, for the they tank. They do address it. They address it slightly. <laughs> they address it and then go, ah, screw it. Screw it. So what? This guy invented this now. It's fine. Whatever. Because uh, <laughs> uh, you basically, because they have no money, they're essentially making a deal so they can get a bunch of plexiglass for free uh, by giving them this formula for uh, transparent al- aluminum. So it's whatever. Yeah. Uh, no, it was. it's one of those where they play it off as a joke, but could be true. <laughs> almost he's like yeah, yeah they're like well you know but what we're we gonna do now this guy has the formula and scotty just goes well how do you know he doesn't invent it anyway i feel like scotty should, may, should maybe know that fact actually who did invent this material that's very important in the future yeah not in, not important the, uh, the material is important but yeah who cares if it, if, it, if it's such a big deal but he wows him um uh, that scene also does have scotty using a computer um, in in the twenty first or twentieth century, where he just he, he sits down at a computer and he's just like computer, hello computer, and the guy's just standing there looking at him. And like, McCoy hands him the mouse. Yeah, and he thinks it, it's like a microphone. And he's like, oh yes, yes. Oh, I don't have my cables. On. Oh, it is. And he's like, computer, hello computer. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I I will say uh, their plot has one of the best visual gags of the movie. It's as they're going off to find the place last. They're like, now where are we going to find that? 
and then it just you, it looks as a big massive yellow pages building. Oh yeah, sure, yeah, of yeah. Like, dated um, reference, but funny. Hey, that still exists. <laughs> Barely. I mean, sure, it's yell.com yell dot com though. It's maybe more the the, the thing yeah, you get have, to. But have still. you got a yellow pages recently? I haven't seen one in, since I was like, <laughs> and at least in my early teens, maybe even earlier. They, they have gone from thick enough to that you could kill a horse with to <laughs> okay, I guess I could use it as a fly swatter. <laughs> That's because it's just a lot of website links, probably. <laughs> here, probably. go here, go here. Here's where you go for this piece of information. That would make sense, yeah. Yeah, uh, but no, uh, maybe super fun. Uh, it's, it's hard to it's hard to fault in terms of enjoyment. So yeah, so I got the spoiler warning, so we can start talking about more specifics and jokes and stuff like that. Um, so like like I was saying, the, 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 there's no. They all split up, and there's some fun jokes at the start where they're like, "Oh, how do we like not blend in?" Like they're all standing around looking kind of silly, uh, to the point where Kirk turns around and says, "Hey, you know, don't stand all together like that. You look really suspicious." And he goes, all, "You look like you're waiting for a cadet review." And they they all just kind of start like just looking around like this, and they they wander off about three paces, and then like just stand around again. Yeah, and Kirk just shakes his head. He's like, "Oh, for God's sake!" So. Yeah, so so Kirk and Spock go to the the marine place, which has the the, the whales, and again, actually, my favorite visual gag of this movie might be the moment where Kirk's still listening to the tour, and you just see Spock in the water with the whales doing a mind meld behind the woman as she's talking about it. It's uh, good. When like the crowd are all reacting, it, it's, it's just Kirk with his hand over his. Going, oh no! Oh, oh! I'm, I'm not seeing this. It's not happening. <laughs> how do we how do we explain this? And she eventually sees it. He runs up and confronts them about it. Uh, and he and I, I like Spock's thing. Spock's like, "Oh no, I want to get the permission to take them to the future. You know, it's, it's up to them. We can't just force them to do it." Yeah. Um, I'm like, "All right, okay." Spock does his thing. Um, and this leads to Kirk, you know, going to dinner with her and try to explain things. And he eventually is just honest, and she thinks he's crazy because, of course. Um, speaking of good he, gags, uh, cool. when this the ship because obviously there's a cloaking on the on the Klingon yeah. ship. And it lands in the park, and I like that there's like an indent of the leg, or the foot, yeah, yeah. in the in the grass. Do you I, know what? I like that. This a lot. reminds me of one of the few things that bothered me. Okay, the ship is right there. Why are they beaming in and out? And they are because you yeah, know, they are. Yeah, Spock. You know, Spock's in the park. They drop him off of the car, and then he he has the you know the the transport beam come around him, like. The ship the walk ten meters, you lazy bastard. Broad daylight, I guess they don't want to be seen climbing up there and the thing opening up and revealing that there's a thing there. I mean, sure, but he does just disappear in broad daylight. Yeah, but the opening of the ship's quite up top. It's quite high up. You can see that for miles. Sure. He's obscured. Open it from trees. the bottom as well, though, right? Eh, maybe I don't know. I don't know. But you, you do see it's when Sulu's he's got the helicopter and he's, he's, yeah, that's when the, he's the... delivering the glass and she's standing there and she, she notices because she comes back to try and get Kirk because the whales get taken early and she's upset about it. Uh, uh, she comes to get Kirk and she sees Scotty like poking out the top of the ship with nothing underneath him and Sulu's like delivering the, the plexiglass through the, yeah. through the top. Um, yeah. Meanwhile, oh. Chekhov and Uhura are on, a, on the Enterprise as in the, the, the battleship. Yeah. No, I think... Uh... It definitely opens at the bottom because Kirk goes down 
to meet her and they, oh, they you're right. let you're her right. in. Yeah. It's got a little like hangar bay at the bottom. Well, I don't know. So you know? I, it's I just, just being lazy. This is not a big deal. Uh, this is it, this is it really but it might be the thing that bothered me most in the entire movie. This is nitpickery. It is nitpickery, which I mean is a testament to the fact that I really enjoyed the movie. But it really did bother me. It's nitpickery. Look, it's fine. Uh, so she becomes part of the team. She sees the inside of the ship, and then it's like, oh, we have to get Chekhov. Because Chekhov gets caught uh, on the... Because he's a Russian on a on a naval ship. Yeah, and he tells them who he is. He's like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm Chekhov. This is my, you know, my officer number. This, so. this felt like a standard you know, interrogation things. All he's given them is his name and rank. Yeah, but they're like, yeah, Starfleet Command. Yeah, 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 sure, sure. United Federation of Planets. Yeah, very funny. And... My favorite part of this scene is that the other guy there, who's not, you know, he's just in the room, one of the one of the, the the sailors or whoever, he sort of leads into the guy who's interrogating him. Goes, I think he's a Ruski. <laughs> it's like you don't say. <laughs> yes, he is a goddamn Ruski. And Chekhov does a bit of a runner. He runs away from everyone, and he ends up falling off the edge of one of the one of the ships and hurts himself badly. So they have to get sneak yeah. into a hospital. Uh, and by this point, Jillian's on board and. She's helping them with her twenty first or twentieth century knowledge. I keep saying twenty first because we're on the twenty first, and it's you know it's present day. But uh, and they're dashing around. And this is where we get all the fun uh, McCoy stuff, and they kick all the surgeons out, and he gets Chekhov up with some you know twenty third century science. Who do? Yeah, uh, as you do, and they all have to all have to escape. That sequence was really good because I, I I was worried that McCoy was being underutilized because he was away from Kirk and Spock for the first chunk of the movie or at least the first chunk on the earth yeah uh, but this was like no here's there's his time to shine here's his bigger moments oh you know his, him just being horrified by everything you know the the two guys in the lift oh yeah the doctors debating on the uh, treatment for cancer and and he's just like this is this is like the spanish inquisition <laughs> he's like chemotherapy what <laughs> these savages <laughs> Just him being so horrified by it is fantastic. I mean, we have to talk about uh, Spock as, a, as an arc, because Spock, of course, starts off this movie not being fully like himself. He's, he's kind of there, obviously, to a point, but he doesn't have his feelings yet, because his mother even asks him, like, how do you feel? You know, computer asks him, how do you feel? He's like, no, you're half human, you do have feelings. And he's like, feelings are illogical. And he's, he's, he's not calling Jim Jim, he's calling him Admiral. Admiral, And, and yeah. he's like, no, you call me Jim, remember Spock. And they're kind of making fun of him over the movie, and obviously by the end he he does like stand with his t- you know, when they stand trial at the end when they come back to the future, uh, like he comes up with them and says like, no I stand with my 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 team and then to Sarek he's like no they're my, they are my friends so because Sarek sticks up yeah. for them as well but he's like no they're my friends they're not, they're not just my comrades they're yeah. friends so you know he has I like that. the way he says says the message was I feel fine which is sounds so simple but. It's like, no, no, no. It means he feels. It means he feels, yeah. No, it's a really neat touch, because I, I think that would feel cold coming from anyone else, but from Spock, that's like, whoa, he feels fine! Whoa, yeah. okay! That's such yeah. a... That's it, it's, it's, that seems really nice from, from Sarek, acknowledging that, do you know what? They're not they're not so bad. Yeah, no, that, that was a really nice scene. I, I like that stuff with Sarek. And two of my favourite Spock scenes are, are unsurprisingly with McCoy, uh, one is McCoy's with him, and he's asking him various things about what he re- what he feels, what he remembers, uh, about what he's doing. Um, and was it Spock says something like, uh, "I'm receiving conflicting information" or something like that? And McCoy just sort of shakes his head and goes, "Yeah, I'll bet." <laughs> 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 <It> walks up. <laughs> 
yeah. It was that, and then there was the one, the one like that. It was, there was the both of them were in the the the, the ship. Uh, one yeah. one was towards the start, one was towards the end. Uh, because he was sitting next to him the whole time. That was the thing. McCoy didn't have a med bay to go to, so he was on the bridge, just around <laughs> yeah, with everyone yeah. else. Um, but no, it was, it was, all, all that stuff was really good. They're, they're splitting up. They all had their own little thing to do, which was great. Yeah. I think for for me for the the McCoy and Spot one, uh, it was nice when when he came over to him and was like, "Hey, look, I kind of carried around your soul. Uh, it's it's great to have you back and out of my head." Yeah, uh, and he said, "Oh, I know. I couldn't. Uh, I, I had you in my mind, but I couldn't feel your shoes." Yeah, and I was like, "Okay, McCoy actually showing respect, which was nice." Yeah, and then by the end of the conversation, I think I think it was the same conversation here, getting so frustrated with him and walking off because Spock essentially goes. Well, if you want to talk about what I felt when, when I was dead, you, you kind of have to die first so we can compare. Oh, <laughs> uh, dear. Yeah. But by the end of the movie, he's kind of old Spock again, uh, yeah. for the most part. That's kind of the thing. Uh, I mean, if anything, you could complain they get off too lightly at the end because, the, you know, the president of the, the Federation is basically like, well, given the circumstances of you saving the Earth and saving everyone's lives, we're going to let off all those crimes go, except one. Which was the you know the this disobeying direct orders, uh, which I think you agree, Kirk. You know should be the chain of command should be respected and there should be punishment for disobeying it. And he's like, yes, of course I agree. And because of that, we're going to demote you to captain. And you're going to have to take out a starship. And of course, I'm sitting there going, he knows he wants that. They know well, yeah, he's been. This is, it's a reward, really. <laughs> yeah. Um, and everyone in the crowd's like the, grinning because they all know he wants it. The only thing that I thought was weird. Yes. Is that Jillian's grinning. Yes, because Jillian shouldn't understand this to the same extent that everyone else does. Yeah. Uh, so that, that's the other big thing, of course, is that without much argument, Kirk's like, oh yeah, I guess you can come back to the future with us. She's just sure. like, well, hang on. There's no whales in the future. You need someone who knows about whales. And uh, it's a good point, and he admits, yeah, it's a good point. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but there's not even a hint of discussion of, yeah, but what if you were supposed to stay and have a kid that led to someone else, that led to whoever you know like... yeah yeah which which is because we definitely had that at some point in the original series yeah there, there's no concern about the ripples through time that this might cause it's just no 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 um and then hey. at the end she's like that's cool i got i'm going on a ship science uh, i'm gonna go do some catching up mm. uh can we even talk about the implications that this big drone this uh this probe was coming to check because it was it thought it was weird that there had been no whale singing for the last like century or two. Yeah, it bothers me that we don't know anything about it. It's like, okay, so there was an alien race of some capacity that communicated with whales long before humans existed. Because as they point out, whales have been around a lot longer than humans have. Ten, yeah. was it, million years, they said? Um, uh, so it's like, okay, all right, that's an interesting idea, but we never find anything. It was just, no, no, once the day is saved, the, the whales sing, everyone's kind of in the sinking Klingon ship because they're in the water. flies off going, okay, cool, there's whales. Yeah. Um, I also, I love that, you know, Kirk, because Kirk's kind of in the water for the most of the part. He's just kind of like dangling at the side. He pulls in Jillian, right, as a joke, and then everyone else kind of jumps in or gets pulled in, except Spock. And I laughed at this a lot. Kirk goes to pull in Spock for fun, like everyone else, and Kirk and he does eventually go in, but Spock like like hangs onto the the ladder at the side of the ship for as long as possible. He's like, "What were you doing, Kirk? Stop it!" Yeah, it's, yeah. it's all it's all very visual, but he's just he's holding on for as long as possible until he eventually gets pulled in. And then I sort of went, "You know what? They worked hard on that makeup to make sure those ears didn't like react when the water, you know, like, you know, waterproof makeup, all the rest of it." I mean, but 
I was like, okay, that was funny. It was funny that he like was like, what? No, I'm not going in. What are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> this is not yeah. logical. <laughs> oh, man. This movie was so much fun. Got a colourful metaphor for you. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's good. I, I, I love Voyage Show. Voyage Show is This is easily my favourite of the four. Uh, well, let's spoil things in terms of ratings, but it's also my favourite of the four. And yeah. it was the first time I watched them as well. And my opinions... I think I think I have liked them all more this second time, having watched the original show. That makes sense. Um, but this is still my favourite of the four. That's cool. It's refreshing because obviously I wasn't as big on the last one as you. Mm. So it's nice to to get you know jump up to this. Yeah, it was funny because I mean I, I would have said that I wasn't really that keen in Search for Spock the first time, and the second time I think I appreciated it a lot more. I still had problems with it, and it's still the weakest of the four, I think, so far. But yeah. um, I would say I've liked all four movies up until this point. No, it's fair enough. When we get to five, we'll see how that goes. I, I don't remember much about it, but... It has a reputation. It has a reputation. I remember there been some fun stuff with the characters, at least. So it's not, like, all terrible start to okay. finish. But... <laughs> there are... There are... There are... I'll just say one word. God. I'll leave it at that. So. <laughs> whoa, whoa, wait, wait. I have a question. Yes. God or godlike? God. <laughs> actual, potentially actual God. <laughs> oh, boy. This is going to be fun. <laughs> but no, I I, uh, I love Voyage Home. Vo- Voyage Home is playful, it's fun. It still deals with the stuff from the previous movies. Um, it it has the arc there for Spock for him to come back, but at the same time, it doesn't focus the entire movie on it, so it doesn't feel like it bogs down the plot again. No, it's just kind of there. Yeah, uh, and I think more more so in the last one. Although the last one did a good job early on of making it feel like they're a little rogue team, and of course that's addressed in this one. But I I, I like that splitting them into all these pairs or or triplets to to go and deal different missions. It gave them all their own little subplot. Because I mean, how often like in the show or even in the past movies. Did it cut to say, "Oh, here's just what Chekhov and and Uhura are doing for a plot"? Very, very yeah. little. It's it's not that common on Trek, so it's kind of nice just to have to give them all their own little things for a while. Just on this, didn't Uhura not go with them last week? Didn't she, on, she kind of? No, she was on Vulcan at the end of the last one. Oh, she was. That's all right. So that that was the rendezvous point. That's where she met them. You're right. That's that's fine. I was just having a moment that, there for a second. That's why like... she was the only one in uniform. Yeah. Yeah. That's fine. I'm I'm with it now. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, at the end of the movie, uh, they know they're getting a ship. They know they're going back out as a crew, but they don't know what ship they're getting. And they're like, oh, maybe it's going to be the Excelsior. And Scotty's like, oh, not that bucket of balls. What the blasphemy? And I think Chekhov's like, oh, we're going to get like a freighter or something. It's going to be boring. Um, and then you know, camera comes over. So not only have they given Kirk his captain rank back, which he actually wanted, they've rebuilt a ship for him that he loves. Yeah, I, I will say that the the idea of him being captain again is a nice thing that's kind of been throughout all four movies. Mm. Like you know, the the first movie was him realizing that that you know when he when he went back onto the ship, he's like, no, 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 he should be the captain, not an admiral. It's funny, yeah. The, the movies, in a way, have actually had more continuity than the show ever did. Yeah, in terms of an ongoing plot, in terms of themes, in terms of things being referenced in the last movie. Like, the shows didn't really do that that much. Yeah. The original show. I mean, I, I thought it was worth mentioning, because obviously 2, 3, and 4 have been very connected. Yeah, but even but... 1 is still thematically linked in with Kurt's character, yeah. Yeah, definitely. That was a big part of that movie. 
no no it's true it's true uh so it does kind of plays a conclusion almost you, you could end here theoretically and say oh no they're going to have continuing adventures as, as the original team yeah maybe we should have done <laughs> um that's it if i if i recall six been a pretty reasonable send-off as well um okay and enough. it's important in plot points because it sets up because keep in mind by this point uh next generation is already on or yes. not actually no it started after this movie but by the it, time was, it, it was it was well on its way yeah, but by the time you know, so by the time we get to the fifth movie, it's already been maybe in season two or three. By the time we get to six, we're on like season four or five or something like that, a next gen, right? Uh, we're just doing all the movies before we go into next gen. We didn't want to because we questioned if we should like put the movies in between the seasons where they they fell. We thought about it, but we thought, well, we'll keep the characters chunks yeah. together. Uh, keep it neater, but so it's important because obviously one of the main characters on next gen is a Klingon. Uh, Worf yes. is is on the Enterprise. So it was important to sort of the, for the movies to get to the point where that could maybe be possible at some point because obviously right now Klingons are still very much the enemy. The enemy, yeah. I mean, sure they're, they're showing up to they're showing up to these hearings and treaties and stuff, but they're not. They're, they're still they're, very much. Yeah, they've got a peace treaty. We we we've established that, yeah. but it's tenuous still. Yeah, uh, and I think I think six, from what I recall, I don't remember much about six, but I remember that kind of you know dealing with that. Putting the peace into motion. Yeah. Um, so that's cool, but no, Void, I love Void Chum. Void, 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 I don't have much more to add about it. I think we've nailed what it is. It's just so much fun. It's, I wasn't, ex- because I knew this was, oh, this is the one with the whales. And yeah. I was expecting it to be kind of preachy, kind of stupid, right? Because it's the one with the whales. That's what <laughs> it's known for. But, god damn it, I loved it. Yeah, at the end, they're watching the whales, you know, the the, the fins coming up and, and, and splashing the water everywhere, and they're all happy, and they're all laughing and waving at them. Yeah. <laughs> it's such an 80s movie, and I kind of love it for it. Yeah. Yeah. I love it for it. Uh, but I see, it has good character stuff with Sarek and Spock. Um, all the characters get their own little subplots, chances to shine. Um, and sure, they're all plot subplots. It's not like they'll have their own arcs, but they all have their own little plots to like get a chance to have their moments. You know, Scotty gets his moments with the formula. McCoy gets his stuff in the hospital. Chekhov and Uhura looking for the the, the vessels. Um, you know, yeah. <laughs> Sulu, you know, the helicopter stuff. Like him talking to the guy, and they're like, "Oh, it's he's like, oh, so this must be old stuff to you if you use this in the academy." He's like, "Oh yes, this is old, ancient." <laughs> yes, um, yeah. like all that stuff was delightful. Um, it was. So and you know and I like Dillian. I think she had good chemistry with Kirk and she's a really good addition. Yeah, a little disappointed that we're probably never going to see her again. That kind of sucks. Yeah, and they kind of address that though, where he kind of like sees her off at the end, and he's he's you know, and she's like, oh, I'm just going off on another ship and doing my thing. I've got three hundred years of like science to catch up on. I need to yeah. go and brush up. I get it. Just a little disappointing because she was a really good addition. To be fair, they did like have Savic briefly at the start to send her off. She's still on Vulcan. Uh, a whole 30 seconds. Which is fine. I get it. Yeah. it it'd be nice if it was still Christy Alley. But, you know. Yeah. More than I expected, though. That's what it is. Um, and I, I like the idea that even though Kirk's still very much the leader of the team, it was a vote. Do we go back to Earth and like face consequences? You know, he, he treats things more like a democracy, even though he's the one kind of making the decisions and leading them yeah. uh, at any given point. Um, so it's nice. And it's nice that we're at a point where they feel like this, where oh, we can be our own ragtag little group and, like, we're not just following each other's orders because of ranks and commands anymore. Like, you know, we're, we're doing it because we trust each other as a unit. Mm. Uh, and I'm not saying it didn't feel like that necessarily in the show, but, like, I feel like now they're more of a family as opposed to maybe 
like season one of the show where yeah but they've, they've been working together for so long yeah right at this point um you know but kirk will make, make jokes you know you'll slap sulu in the arm you know <laughs> when, he, yeah. when he says something cheeky or something it feels like that, a right? lot more informal yeah um and i like that it feels like a, a progression uh i agree so that's nice uh but I, I guess we'll rate we'll rate the voyage home so what would you give the voyage home i'm going with a nine I am also going with a nine, which is the highest rated Star Trek movie we've had yeah. so far for, for both of us. Uh, which is oh wait no, because Wrath of Khan gave an eight point five. Yes, it's the highest. I, I like this yeah. more than Wrath of Khan, which may be blasphemy to some people, but I do. I no, I agree. I, I also gave Wrath of Khan eight point five. I think. Yeah. And and, and I gave the first one eight. Then an eight point five. So yeah. Yeah, I think I've went eight eight point five seven then nine. So it's it's a pretty solid out pretty similar because i think batch. i just went with a six on the last one yeah. instead um but so no i'm i'm down so i'll be curious to see what my reaction to because i don't really remember a whole lot of five and six i remember a couple of key moments in five not necessarily probably a couple of the more stupid moments maybe it's usually how it goes i remember how it starts as well i'll just I'll also say uh hover boots is a thing in five or how is this a bad movie I, either either hover boots or rocket boots i can't remember the exact uh I guess Either rocket way, boots. What you're doing is you're setting me up for something fantastic. Spock's wearing rocket boots. Look forward to. <laughs> I, how can this movie be bad? <laughs> but yeah, so that is the voyage home. We'll be back next time with uh, the final frontier, um, and we will we will delve into that. But by all means, let us know what you think of the voyage home in the comments. Like and subscribe. Uh, if you want to support the show and the channel, head over to patreon.com slash TV, and you can do that over there. You get these Star Trek discussions a week early and the, the $1 tiers as well, some other stuff. Um, so we'll have a look-see. Uh, worth mentioning, this is the first actual time we've had two movies uh, two weeks in a row. We've had weeks in between each movie up until now. Uh, hopefully we can keep this going for a while. If we, if we don't, if we end up having a, a week off between two of them again, don't worry about it, but um we're getting we're got, now we're, like, we're got two more to go in yep. this batch so i mean i'm hopeful that we can get them done schedule's looking promising yeah so we got we got two left and then we're on the next generation which is exciting in its own right but yeah there might there might be a week <clears throat> or two between the movies and next generation yeah uh but that is that is us so thank you once again for watching or listening we always appreciate it keep watching sci-fi and star trek and space things and whatnot uh but that is us uh so See, I'm trying to naturally progress into Live Long and Prosper, but it doesn't really flow into it from what I say. No. To all of you watching or listening, with the exception of Connor, Live Long and Prosper. <laughs>